right, welcome to the show. My name is Trey Carland, and my guest today is Emerson. I've learned a lot about Emerson through the virtual retreats and interviews he does with non-duality speakers. Um, became a fan of your work and appreciate you introducing me to even more non-duality speakers that I probably wouldn't have heard of otherwise. So yeah, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. And um, non-duality live, is that the correct website? That's right. It's non-duality.live. Non-duality.live. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. We can check all your stuff out there. And um, I know I typically am a little curious about what brings an apparent individual <clears throat> to a message like this and it start resonating. So um, I think we have some similar backgrounds, but if you wouldn't mind just kind of sharing a little bit about your path toward this non-duality thing we're talking about, maybe we can start off there. A story is not really relevant, so I'm going to share something, but it's fiction. It's not, it did not happen. And it's something that's not really necessary or actually even um, have any meaning or purpose at all. But for the sake of the story, I'll say that um, I was a seeker for a very young age. This character was um, always wanting to know, is there something more than this? That was always the question. So it went into uh, spirituality. I'll, I'll do the short version of it because it's not really, it's pointless. I uh, started meditation, became a meditation teacher, a spiritual teacher, got canceled as a spiritual teacher, and then encountered the house, uh, the last house on the block, um, and started listening to Tony Parsons, Jim Newman, through reading a book by Richard Sylvester called I Hope You Die Soon. And then when I, um, he, the story is, uh, the title of the book, the story is Tony Parsons hugged um, Richard Sylvester and whispered, I hope you die soon. So there was a death wish in the character because it's seen as a um, something temporal or something illusory and was quite, quite fascinated with the communication and started uh, listening to Tony Parsons, Jim Newman. Had a glimpse prior to that, you know, many, many glimpses prior to that one, but it's always something that I got this, I don't have this. It became kind of like an attainment, like a, like a curse, right? Because it's something that you always want to, the character always wants to hold on to as a permanent state. But it's, it's, it's like an enlightenment or glimpses in a dream. The character was having this, this attainment of clarity or um, peacefulness, but it always um, fell apart when something happened. For example, grieving was not, when grieving happened, it was almost kind of like a fork in that in that journey or many other stuff that I thought that the character thought that you just had to be smiling all throughout this, this process if you are liberated. When encountering this message, it was quite um, evident that there's nothing happening, that there's no one here, and everything is just arising. But there's no one understanding that. I am not here to understand it. In fact, I don't know what I'm talking about. So... I don't know why you're inter interviewing me there, Trey. <laughs> I don't know why either. Okay. The, the impulse arises and sometimes it gets acted on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how it happened with Jim Newman. I, the idea came to interview him. And actually, the cool thing is I interviewed Anna Brown a while back. And that's how I heard about Tony and Jim. 
because her message was the first time I kind of heard resonated with this end of the road message. And um, in that interview, she said that after she had gotten kicked out of a spiritual community, she found Tony and Jim. And so I decided to check them out and really resonated deeply with Jim. And that was kind of the, I don't know, glimpses occurred, seeing what's being pointed to. And I think ultimately one of the greatest gifts was the, the words, nothing needs to happen. It's, it's already whole and complete. And so all this intense seeking energy that had been going on in this character for so long just sort of evaporated and this freedom and this, I don't know, it's hard to put into words, but anyway, there's a great deal more freedom now thanks to hearing this message. So I've gotten passionate about it. And then I heard about Andreas Muller and I interviewed him. He's very clear. And you just recently shared uh, Kenneth Madden I really enjoyed that interview you did with him as well. So there seems to be a growing passion and an apparent desire to share it with others, apparent others, for no reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for no reason. There's this passion that's coming out, making hundreds of videos about nothing with no purpose at all, with no um, no one doing it. It's just yeah. a happening, and it's. Uh, and it's just something that is so stunningly beautiful, at the same time, um, unknowable. Mm -hmm. There's this uh, videos being made, interviews happening, talking happening, uh, and uh, yeah, it's great. It's great. As uh, you know, you you explain kind of like it. It's kind of like when when I was a a seeker, when I was this, this character that was carrying a backpack full of rocks. And then it didn't happen in time, but all of a sudden there's no backpack. So there's a lightness of, of, of um, this apparent being. There's no beings, there's no one. It's just this happening, this apparent lightness, apparent relaxation. Um, also, um, you know, when you're a kid, it, it's easy to cry and it's easy to laugh. Kind of like my little five-year-old nephew that if you tease him, he'll cry right away. And, and, and if you give him a ring pop candy, he'll smile right away. <laughs> right. There's no more filters kind of like happening. And it's just, uh, I can watch YouTube videos and cry for an hour. <laughs> there's no change, right? But there's an apparent gladness and uh, coming from no one. That's beautiful. What are your, what's your perspective on the, um, <clears throat> we'll call it the activity of seeking. It's something we don't really choose to do it just comes with feeling incomplete but it seems as if the people resonating with this non-duality 2.0 message are um, maybe suffering from exhausted seeker syndrome and ready for a, a change in the way the message is being delivered what's your take on that it's just a happening there's really no seeker it's just what's what's arising. I've talked to a couple of people that have never heard of spirituality and encountering this message. I was just talking to a friend um, a few few months ago, maybe we were just drinking drinking beers in a, in a pub and then was just curious to see what what's what, what I've been doing. Um, he's one of those kind of like we went to Catholic school and uh, together in high school just really wanted to catch up and 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 he said what's non-duality so i started speaking about 
Nando Walladay. And I thought it was just going to go over his head and not really understand it because no one understands it. After maybe a couple of pints of beer, went to the washroom, came back and said, I just threw up. And he said, there's nothing here. There's no one here. So that was not even a seeking energy. There was just an openness that was happening. So that whole seeking energy, that story, it's just a story. It, it looks like it's something that happens in a linear that you would have to suffer or anything, but it's already this. So how can it be, how can it be um, a path or a journey when it's already undeniably this and not this at the same time? To, to, that, to that person, this communication was just being communicated by an old friend and was just curious to see what's happening. And there was this apparent moment that, that was seen that there's nothing happening. And I talked to him once in a while and, and he, we just laughed. We just laughed because his, his idea of religion was, you know, he, he, was, he, he admitted to me that maybe after high school, he stopped believing in the Catholic religion but didn't know what to make of this. So had no idea what Buddhism is, what spirituality is, what non-duality is. But just there was just an apparent openness in the character um, being shared a, a communication that's quite radical and quite uncompromising. So just he kept on asking questions that were quite confronting. How do you know that? How do you know this? I'm like, there's no one knowing this. It's just, it's just an apparent happening and it's just communication coming out from nowhere. They're like, what's coming from somewhere? I'm like, is it really? And just that kind of communication. And there was an openness and yeah, and there was this this discomfort and then came back saying, this is just a story again. You know, people might think that, oh, I just need to drink a couple of beers. There's mm -hmm. no method, there's no path, there's no technique to this because it's already here. It's already complete. The apparent me, the apparent character um, in the story is like the obstacle. It's like the veil. It's like the dream. So if this is seen, um, not in time, because this doesn't happen in time, because it's already timeless, it's already here, then it's just seen as something extraordinarily ordinary that's never been lost because it was, that can never be found because it's already this. It's already full, full and complete. There's nothing outside of this. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, I think that kind of takes away a lot of the potential questions that involve the relevance <laughs> of seeking or. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in the storyline, there's, you know, the, the typical um, or the quintessential story is someone seeking for a long time, keeps on hitting a wall and then surrenders to this. But there's no one surrendering. There's no one seeking. There's no storyline. There's no linear to something that's already here. So the me likes to take this into, you know, I have been meditating or, and again, there's nothing wrong or right about meditation. It's just what's happening. If it helps in the dream, it helps in the dream. But the dream is not what's being talked about here. So the me tries to go to the past and goes to the future to think that something will happen. Something's bound to happen. And it's happening to someone when this is just a happening. It doesn't happen to anyone because there's no one. It doesn't happen in time because the me or the someone has, is the holder of time. So both are illusory and uh, it doesn't happen at all.
Yeah, that's <laughs> and it's hopeless. <laughs> Nothing's being kept here, so people would think, you know, that it, it's it's being withheld. It's a riddle. It, there's, you know, it's an open secret. Like Tony Parsons says, it's just an open secret. There's nothing to gain. There's nothing to lose. There's nothing happening. And I don't know anything because I'm not here. <laughs> no one's there too. Yeah. So this is just no one to no one speaking or nothing to nothing. Apparently communicating words coming out. Two screens on the two boxes in the screen. Mm. But there's no trade. There's no Emerson. Ta. <laughs> it's pretty amazing <laughs> yeah and not logical and completely confusing and mm -hmm. <laughs> doesn't make sense but what's being talked about is completely illogical <laughs> yeah because the the it's too simple it's so simple and that the the me wants to come again there's no me the apparent me one's complexity, one's drama, one's this, this enlightenment story, one's the I am enlightened. The me, for example, you know, it, it, this is just a story again. And uh, the, me, the me thinks it be can become a no me. So there's this wish to be no one, but that's just the me that has gone underground to be something that's greater than what it is. And it becomes a no me and it thinks it has transcended then the mean the nobi becomes we. For example, someone will say, I am not, I am not here, but we are everything. That's just another delusion, thinking that um, it's it's like a, an ascension of the me. The me has now surpassed the me and it becomes everything. That's just another story. A very popular story. <laughs> it is. It's really persistent too, right? It's really it is. persistent. Yeah. And it's very serious, very serious. Mm -hmm. My journey, my path, my, um, my enlightenment. I am enlightened. I am awakened. And I'm going to share this with everyone. It's quite a, a, an epic story, but it's still a story. So I see a lot of, a lot of teachers, you know, making this claim and all of this stuff. This uh, communication doesn't really have any authority, doesn't really have a source. It's, uh, it's not coming from any, anyone or anywhere. So it can't be gotten to, it can't be achieved. And it's coming from no one. And no one no, knows that too. I don't know anything, no idea what I'm talking about, but it's just coming out um, from nowhere. There's an undeniability of this, that there's no one here, but that's not an idea. Because an idea has to come from someone. It could be contradictory. <laughs> I'll admit that. <laughs> because it's so hard to explain what already is. There are some brilliant speakers that can, can point at or hint at this, but it's too simple to fully describe it. The words fall or 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 lack or completely um, um, becomes irrelevant to this. The word complicates it, kind of like uh, it muddies the water. It's already clear. Yeah, it's really hard to. I've noticed still in interview when <laughs> the message <laughs> is so simple and to the point, 
it leaves uh, it ends questions um well at least for this character it seems to uh, but i've i've kind of gotten to know virtually some of the people the regulars at some of these meetings you know i see the same faces come up with andreas and jim and so there's a number of people who are full of questions for which i i have a lot of gratitude because without all these questions the message would probably just not grow there wouldn't be a need for it to even be spoken in a way so yeah questioners apparent questioners just what is arising as a question and apparently being answered all just by itself and there's no wrong or right answers there's actually questions there's not even an answer mm. It's a hinting at something that cannot be um, fully expressed in words. So the brilliant speakers um, just keeps on repeating the same thing over and over again. It's mm -hmm. it's 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 a uh, it's kind of like uh, not giving the me an opportunity to um, what do you call it to to think that there's something to get, to think that there's something to attain, to think that it's real. Because a, a questioner, for example, will say, you know, um, I know that there's no one here, but the moment that the but, the but, um, uh, you know, or end, um, but I don't understand that, or how come I feel so real? So this felt sense of, of being real, um, you know, keeps on asking this question. So there's no wrong or right answers as well or questions. It's just what's happening. It's just an arising. And uh, I love, you know, I love doing these Zoom meetings and I love just being in the background and listening to all of these questions. I don't have any more questions. The, uh, the seeking in the storyline ended a few years ago, right? So there's no more questions, but there's, uh, there's just a love for sharing this as an interviewer, as someone in the background, not saying anything. Um, but when these questions arises, sometimes a laughter happens because um, it's seen as uh, not as ridiculous, but it's just seen as a story. Like, for example, a questioner will ask a question over and over and over again in just many different formats. The questioner will probably ask the same question maybe 20 different ways, but it's the same thing. And the answer will always be there's no one here there's nothing happening <laughs> and it must be so frustrating so it's not coddling or, or kind of like holding when, when I when I see uh, speakers like Jim and Tony cut off a speaker going into stories after story um, it's actually the absolute compassion and just this beautiful unconditional love because it's responding to no one to some people that's just stepping into a meeting, they're like, well, that was really rude. <laughs> because sometimes the me wants to come to this meeting to reinforce the me that I'm getting somewhere. Or they'll say something like, I think I'm going to wake up soon. I think that the me is going to drop soon. I think that the me is going mm -hmm. to fall away. And um, and they'll they'll ask the speaker, um, thinking that, thinking that, they're going to be they're going to be um, reinforced or they're going to be validated. The me wants to be validated by 
by, you know, for example, they'll say like, I think there's a sense that the me is falling away soon and I'm afraid of it. And the speaker would just clap back and say, well, there's no one there to disappear. So I don't know what you're talking about. It kind of, yeah, the message says it kind of knocks the legs out from under you and you're left. Yeah. Just, and I hear a lot of people sort of misinterpreting this message by saying that, oh, so there's nothing to do. And I, I like the um, clarifications that people like Jim, you know, it's not that there's nothing to do. It's just that there's no one there doing it. It's That's just right. what's, what's arising doing will happen by itself or it won't without a you involved so that's right i always give this example for example if a character is in a house that's burning it's burning has fires everywhere it's not going to say nothing is happening i'm not here and burn to death right. the character will get out of the house pick up the phone call 911 for the ambulance and say that the house is on fire and it applies for everything if a character walks into a street and then um, steps on glass, it's going to bleed, it's going to have pain, but the pain is not happening to anyone. Or the same kind of like idea that, well, if there's no one here, then there's no morality, there's no good or bad or something, then everybody will just be serial murderers or something. There's right. still a character that apparently happens, but there's no one there. It's like, it's like a, um, a, a puppet without any strings. There's mm -hmm. no one controlling the puppet. It doesn't have any free will or choice. It is just, and, and if you see the speakers with different characters um, um, articulating this communication, some could be coming from an intellectual communication. Something could be really goofy and funny like me and make fun of this. And someone could be um, whatever. It's the, the character, but there's no one there in the character. There's no ownership. There's no personalization of that me. It's not, oh, I am brilliant or I am awesome. Um, it's just brilliance happening and awesomeness happening and epicness happening or <laughs> dullness happening, but for no one. If the word I was cut out, for example, or the I am or the me or the we, then it's just what's happening. It's just walking. It's just talking. Um, it's just, yeah being ridiculously good looking, but no one, <laughs> no one, but there's no one there. And it's, and it's so simple that the me or the character finds it so hard to understand, but it's unknowable. And no one knows that too. Like statements, for example, you know, um, there's no good or bad or evil or good, or this, all those are just words appearing the the me or the character tries to um, pick and choose but judgment also happens everything is allowed there's nothing exempted how can this it's unconditional love how can how can a condition like exempt this or that so if there's kindness happening from a character it's just kindness happening we even put words in qualified as kindness. It's just what's happening if you take away the kindness. And if it's just a character walking, it's just the walking. Does the rain have an eye? For example, I am raining. No, hmm. it's just raining happening. 
talking happening, but from no one. If you take away even those words, it's just a happening. You don't even know what's going on because no one is here to know, can know what's happening. So the knowing comes from an idea that there's a belief system. The believer, I believe this, I believe that, this is, you know, well, I don't believe what you're talking about. It comes from a me holding on to a belief system. So it's being communicated as an unraveling of all that belief system, um, an unraveling of authority or unraveling of um, um, knowledge. It's not wisdom. This is not wisdom. It's just what's happening because there's no knower. There's no one to have a, no one is wise. <laughs> it leaves nothing. <laughs> No. It leaves no, um, it, it cuts off any questions, right? Because questions are also answers. It's just what's happening. Yeah. And there's nothing outside of this. I think you mentioned something that reminded me of um, Andreas sometimes uses the word blindly itself. Doesn't yeah. know itself as unconditional love. There's not yeah. a knowing of it. It's blindly what is. Well, there's no one that's unconditional love. Unconditional love is just is. But when we insert, you know, an ownership or a personalization of, of something that is unconditional, then it becomes a condition. So people think, characters think that I just have to be unconditional love. Well, there's no one to be an unconditional love. Again, it's just a me character going underground thinking that it's something greater than it's not. If I have full compassion for everyone, then I'm going to be a saint. People have this idea of, of this apparent attainment that you live going to start living in a, in a cave. You're going to shave all of your hair. You're going to eat nothing but air and become a breatharian and wear a loincloth and have a stick. And that's enlightenment. But that's just a story as well. This can't be, this can't be qualified or can't be sent uh, made into a story because it's not a story everything is just happening as this and there's nothing outside of this so to think that it's something kind of like uh that and then can you know people people love that word love right you know there's this this or unconditional love so there's this idea that it can be thought that these people are operating from um, an unconditional love but there's no one operating that's unconditional love. Unconditional love is already fully and complete. It's already um, nothing is lacking in it, and everything is allowed. So people think that it it's a trait. So they've just changed the word, you know, being or soul, or indi independent kind of like individual souls into unconditional love. They hold on to that experience of being independent or an individual, and make it into universal. For example, someone will say that um, um, I will awaken when I become everything, that, that we are love. So that, that feeling of separateness has just transferred into an idea of what completeness is, of what wholeness is. But wholeness is not an idea. Empty fullness is not a concept. It's just what is. And the me character wants to create this divisive or this narrative of a specialness. I am enlightened. I am this. I am that. I am everywhere. I am God. So it's just a false, it's just a, it's like a messiah complex that they have become God. 
right? It, it's <laughs> it's it's kind of like a, a veiled um, idea that I am greater than this. Um, you know, I might be having some difficult, you know, suffering right now or difficulties, but I am just I just don't know that I'm God yet. One day I will be God. And then this idea of God, um, you know, it, it, it gets translated into something else that I God is everything and everywhere. But God is also an idea. It's already a concept. Ami came up with the word God and the idea. It's just an idea. So you can say that there's no God. And that doesn't sit well with a lot of people. Because there's something, you know, going back to what I was saying, there must be something greater than this. There must be something better than this. There must be something lacking in this. I'm missing something. I am lacking something. I am going to get something. And then the, uh, the, the plot twist of that one is this is already it. It's already stunningly ordinary and available for no one, but it's just here. It's like a, love, a lover, perfect lover that's like waving to you, hello, I'm here, and not seeing it because it's looking at a phone swiping, you know, in um, <laughs> one of those dating apps, switching left, switching right. <laughs> um, but that's just a story again. Yeah. Well, again, I know it's kind of a story, but I'm curious as to whether or not you experienced this message and then there was a, we'll say, gradual fading out or whether it was just an instantaneous boom, um, me's gone. There, in the story, again, it's just a story, there's an apparent kind of like boom. Um, it was it was just seen that there's never been anyone here. It was just a I'll go with the story again. It was just DJing for four hours, sitting down. It was just sitting down, seeing a dust. And I've said this so many times. <laughs> it's it's not relevant. This is nothing to this. You know what I'm saying? It's just for the for the um the point the point of the story is there's nothing happened. It didn't happen to Emerson or anyone because it doesn't happen to anyone. But in the story, there was um um a dropping away of something that was never there in the first place. It's kind of like a boom, but didn't know how to, to express it in words. So it did not really say anything. So in a story, it might be kind of like a gradual deepening of, of communication, but there was already clarity there that can't be expressed in words. Mm. It tried to write a book, you know, it was writing book, deleted it. It sounded really dualistic. Um, so there's an apparent deepening in, in terms of communication of something that cannot really be expressed anyway. Nice. Um, but the apparent dropping away where no one drops because there's been no one in the first place was, was instantaneous in the story. Mm-hmm. And it's something that is seen as something that never begun and never ends. So it's seen as permanent, but for no one, because it's already been permanent. The apparent me is just kind of like the one that's blocking that, um, blocking that reality that it's always been this way. So the meat thinks that it's got this, you know, I have to get this, I lost it, I don't have it. It's just a fluctuation of the story or the of the thought about trying to figure this out. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I guess in a way, since there's there's not much to the message, it feels like let's draw in a little storyline to help fill it up. Yeah, yeah. I, 
I usually do that to when I'm interviewing, right? It's kind of like, oh, you know what? It's not really necessary, but to, to make uh, something that can be explained in five minutes into an hour, right. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it, yeah. it has to go into a story. Um, yeah. And um, the character tells a story that's not really relevant. It doesn't really matter. And um, the funny thing about this communication is because this people know that this character is an interviewer. And it's always been on the opposite side of the mic. So they always ask about interview questions and it always goes into the story. But they would not do the same thing to a speaker, kind of like that doesn't have not interviewed before. It is just speaking about this. And if I pair, if the character apparently you know, came as just a speaker, it would not tell stories at all. It would not be relevant. It will just cut off and say, that doesn't, you know, that's not really um, relevant to share anything. Well, actually, none of this is relevant, actually. This is actually, <laughs> this is just like a bird chirping or a dog barking or a yawn. You know, people are really bored with this message because <laughs> it just keeps on repeating the same thing over and over again because there's a lack of um, words that can express this. And it, it words are, are um, um, dualistic in nature right it's always dualistic so it, it you know Andreas will say it's the timeless wonder or unknowable um, there's no truth to this as well and the me wants to arrive at truth right so this is kind of like um yeah it's it, it's it's not a it's not a position it's not a statement it's not an authority it's just this never um um ending unlimited freedom unraveling um from no one lovely <laughs> yeah. this is also kind of in the story but have you noticed an increase in interest in this radical non-duality message in recent years yeah you know i, I was just talking to neil about that neil denham um, on nothing media anyway, this is just where, can, where can, I can gauge it from, the mm -hmm. radical speakers actually get more views. Um, and it's quite, I was expecting the opposite because there's a really small audience for this um, because it's really off-putting. It's really triggering as well. So uh, in nothing media, there seems to be a, um, an increase, not an increase, but a consistent um, more viewership for people that are speaking about radical non-duality compared to a teacher that um, talks about integration or trauma or um, techniques or how to get here, how to get this. There's, uh, there's, it's really confusing because it may seem um, from initial hearing of a teacher speaking about this, that it's the same communication there's a big difference. The big difference is the teacher that take, talks about absolutes, about awareness, is, is thinking that it's coming from a source, coming from the absolute truth or the ultimate reality. But who can really, who, <laughs> what's absolute really, what's ultimate, it's just an idea. It's arriving at a position um, and, and then I'll say this, and the arrogance of of expressing it as the absolute or the ultimate 
or coming from God or the source or the awareness or prior to awareness or abiding in awareness. Again, there's nothing wrong or right about that. I actually admire and, and like some of these people that talks about it. I think they're being earnest and being genuine and communicating about this. But what's being talked about is the it's like the flip side of that one. Um, the flip side of that one or the, the biggest plot twist is there's no one that has arrived at anything. So it's consistent. It's very consistent because there's no one that is um, has arrived at something or have discovered this absolute truth, writes a book and wants to share it with others. And I guess this earnestness when, when um, um, before this character was canceled, there was this earnestness to help others. Um, this guy's probably as a, as a messiah complex, you know, saying, but that's just a story again. Mm-hmm. And thinking that they have arrived, you know, because there's this, there's this um, awakening in the dream. So a character thinks that they have awakened in the dream and wants to help others to get to this position. But the problem with that one is when you become an authority or a person that has awakened, um, there's this ideas of that, of that awakened person and it's actually just really fraudulent. It's just a dream. It's just an idea. It's just a story of enlightenment. It's kind of like going from a cage to a different cage. The cage is now called enlightenment. Oh, I am enlightened, so I can. Um, I, I'm, I'm an exemplary kind of like enlightened being now, and nothing faces me anymore. But that's just a story again. So what's being talked about, everything arises, including um, pain. But no one suffers because no one's holding on to the pain. Yeah, I think that's one of the interesting things I I recognized. Took a while because I was resonating with the message, but then later heard Jim's interview. um, What was the guy's name? Uh, Anyway, um, somebody interviewed Jim. And during that interview, it became clear that we're talking about two different things. These teachers that are talking about consciousness and awareness are pointing to something different than what this radical non-duality message is pointing to. And so even though the labeling might say non-dual teacher, um, it seems as if there is a a disconnect which makes communicating difficult with someone whose awareness is everything or consciousness is everything. Um, But we're still talking about non-duality simultaneously. So, yeah, I think you kind of touched on that already, but was just curious if you had anything else to add to that. Yeah, there was a, there was a confusion here coming into, like I was not really a part of, um, this character was not really a part of any non-dual group. It just came in out of the sudden, out of the blue. I was, was really living in an island for a couple of years um, without any kind of like connection to any of the non-duality. So just made an assumption that everyone was talking about the same thing. And um in just different words or different lingo or, you know, awareness is interchangeable with nothing. But I realized it, um, that what's being spoken is like completely two different universes. You know, it's just completely, completely um, not the same. And, and um, it's really radical and revolutionary and it's just a, a different communication, a different communication. And it's uh, again, coming from a knowledge or a lineage or, or kind of like a whole bunch of um, enlightened beings um, that are put on pedestals and being regurgitated as, as something completely different when this other communication is really coming from no one 
Um, Tony Parsons was the first, of course, that started speaking about this. Um, it's not an idea. It's just something. Otherwise, there will be like 20, 30, 40, 50 speakers faking this. This can't be faked, right? If it's if it's just uh, so so there, the the common um, criticism of this one is just being parroted. But what's being communicated is is very limited in words, um, but it's very clear. There's usually a resonance with an uh, with a, a seeker when kind of like what you felt, right? Um, or what this character felt when when hearing this communication, it was like a cold bucket of ice water. And you're like, oh no, what is this? <laughs> There's an attraction to this communication, but there's also a repulsion. Mm -hmm. And it took a few tries to kind of like, you know, but there's this resonance that's happening. It's coming from no one. Um, and it would, it would be easy to add techniques and practices or kind of like a guaranteed enlightenment program from this one. Um, but there's no agenda. There's no agenda in this whatsoever. Um, and, uh, or the other kind of like um, um, misconception about this is when when a speaker is saying that there's no one here, that it's a complete denial, that it's a bypassing. It's not even about spirituality, but they're calling it spiritual bypassing because it's seen that there's no such thing as spirituality. It's just another story. So spiritual people will come into this. They're like, oh, there's spiritual bypassing. But actually the opposite. There's an aliveness here that um um that cries that's compassionate but also vicious sometimes <laughs> you know what i'm saying there's it everything is allowed everything is is um accepted by no one so it's 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 almost like the filter's gone so we can swear you know say shit mm -hmm. um uh compared to when it was a spiritual teacher that was completely composed and was you know very um, articulate in words and would practice speaking about a concept like uh, um, abiding in awareness or the idea of um, that there's something prior to consciousness. Would try to understand it and articulate this. Here everything goes. There's no filter. It's not a denial. It's just a radical full acceptance of nothing. It's just coming from nowhere. It's not trying to arrive somewhere because it's already here. It's not trying to get you or anyone to understand this because this is not understood. Um, it's not trying to con con convince anyone to, to go on a path of nothing or something. Um, let me help you become a no me. There's none of that because there's no one to get to anywhere. So a teacher would say something like, there's no one, but let me help you get there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or some, someone will say that um, there's no free will, but um, let me put a workshop on how to um, manifest something. Right. So it's very, very convoluted and very contradictory. And the me does, it doesn't see that because it's speaking or communicating in, in, a, in a way that is very similar. So what, what that teacher has done is, is understood this concept that there's no one here and tries to remarket it as something that um, can be taught or that I can guarantee you or come to my workshop and we have this, you know, um, 
techniques on how to get there. There's nothing wrong or right about that, but it's not the same as discommunication that there's, if there's no one here, who's going to get into the presence? Who's going to get into the now? Who's going to get into um, um, living uh, or improvement? Who's there to improve if there's no one here? So a lot of this communication is kind of like a, a repackaging of um, there's no one here, but let's me improve that someone so that it can become a no one. Let's try. <laughs> and again, there's nothing wrong or right about that. You know, I, I actually do like some of these teachers, um, but what they're, what they're speaking about is in the dream. There's nothing wrong with feeling better in the dream. Yeah. If people want to have, you know, a trauma kind of like a, um, um, therapy or something. There's nothing wrong with that. But this communication is not therapy. It's not going to coddle you. It's not going to take your, hold your hand and say that everything's going to be all right. right. Or, or try to give you a glimpse of something in the future because there's no future. Mm -hmm. Or try to understand about the me in the past because there's no past. So it's a vast difference. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful message and a lot of gratitude to you for all the apparent work the Know You does <laughs> yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. And I think you've probably got some virtual retreats coming up. Is that true? Or Yeah. There's one actually with uh, Tony Parsons coming up on September, mid-September. Okay. And there's one coming up with Jim Newman in November. One that's coming from Kenneth probably that's going to be um, um, October. Mm -hmm. And then there's like Naho, Naho Wad is also going to do, and I'm not sure what the dates are, but there's just this aliveness and joyfulness in doing them. I like, uh, I like uh, being the host and um, going to the breakout room and then listening to all of the Jim Newman experts kind of like talking about, you know, their interpretation of the communication and I'll pop up once in a while and say that there's no Jim Newman <laughs> or something. Right. It's just fun. You yeah. went to, which one did you go to, Trey? Um, I went to, I guess it was the first online weekend he did and I wasn't able to participate live. So I caught the recordings and beautiful stuff coming out of that. You know, I like the, the weekend intensives with him because they, you know, it's a smaller group and seems to be, you know, more, more, it's kind of hardcore, isn't it, right? It's a bit hardcore. Um, there's there's a lot of people that um, like it because, it, again, this is just a story. Nothing causes it. But in the in the storyline or the uh, timeline of, a, of an apparent retreat, it's like it's like an exposure to um, to a butcher that keeps on ch chopping. Right? It's just like chop, chop, chop. Um, for no one though, no one's getting chopped, but there's the belief system, the ideas of a me that's just getting really challenged or the rug under your feet that's constantly being pulled under. The constant plot twist of like, what do you mean there's no one here? Then who am I? There's no one here. There's no who am I. <laughs> the one that's asking who am I, what I am is not real. And the one that's arriving at I am that is also a dream. Right. So it's a it's it's a it's a complete um starvation of the um the idea that there is someone. It's a deprivation of the idea that it it can go anywhere or it can get to somewhere. 
yeah, it's like a torture chamber for no one. But there's a lot of lovely moments that apparently happens in this retreat. So too, like people will be crying and laughing. Um, in the breakout rooms, people usually can like call me and they say, yeah, hey, Emerson, can you, I can't stop laughing. I don't know what's going on. You know, sometimes it's seen that this this is just a, a cosmic joke with no punchline, right? So it just keeps on there, like, or or an apparent um, dropping away of that idea that something has to be done. So there's this release or like, oh, so I don't have to go to that grueling 20-day silent retreat now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is fascinating how this message just, you know, I was... Um, binge watching Jim for months there and, uh, you know, watched all his YouTubes and just couldn't stop. I, I mean, it's obvious there's something that's, it's like the moth to the flame, even though, you know, this is pointing to the end of you. Uh, there's still, yeah, just can't seem to stop. It's, I don't know. And there's some people Beautiful. that are quite offended as well with it. You know, for example, they'll go to the retreat of Tony or, or Jim and they want to get something. They want a transmission or something from Tony, or they want enlightenment. And when they leave, it completely kind of like devastated, saying that there's no, nowhere to go and nothing to get, and no one to get enlightened. They come in full attack. Mm. I've seen it. I've seen it. People kind of like, you know, kind of like go on a rampage saying that these guys are fraudulent. I never got, you know, whatever. So they, they come into the defensive side. So that's the character freaking out about something that um, that can't be, although what's being communicated is just completely honest. There's no fraudulent happening because it's just a bru pure, brutal honesty, no concession, no hand-holding. So the me comes coming, coming to this retreat thinking that something will happen. And then when it gets completely devastated, it goes into attack mode. Um, there was, when I was a seeker, I used to kind of like um, scream, uh, you know, and, and um, yell some profanities at Tony and Jim because it was just so frustrated. <laughs> but there was laughter, you know, and in the apparent story, there was just laughter listening to all of this because what's being communicated um, is just so simple. No riddles, no, no kind of like puzzles or no koans. It's just being expressed in its in its pure, um, not really pure, but in its raw honesty. There's nothing happening. There's no one here, and there's no one knowing this because how can a knower happen when there's no one here? So, for example, someone can say that there's no one here, but I know that no one's here. I'm the knower. Yeah, there's no one knowing. There's no knower. There's no believer. There's no authority. Yeah, that's what's yeah. beautiful about it. I know one uh, conversation I had, maybe maybe it was Jim, I don't remember, but one of the things mentioned was that there's a growing discontent among apparent individuals with authority figures. And I think this, you know, for this character, the teacher-student relationship I was engaged in was seen as perpetuating the, the separation it was intended to remove. So there was a kind of falling away of that respecting authority, looking to others for answers. And this message kind of resonates with people, I think, that are. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to, um, you know, when I was a spiritual teacher, this is just another story that's no relevance to this. When I was a spiritual teacher, mm -hmm. I would quote 
um, the big ones like the Sargadadam uh, and uh, Ramana and have a quote book. So it came from authority. It came from authority. So every time, for example, I'll say that I am that, the room will be silent because they think it's coming from an authority. So a teacher-student relationship is codependent. I give your power, I give my power to you, or you take my power away. And it's cyclical, right? For example, the, the students will give its full belief and not question the teacher. And the teacher is taking their power away. Again, this is just a story. There's no relevance to this one, but it just becomes a codependent relationship of, of shifting powers that doesn't exist of um, people that are not even there. It's just what's happening. But once the cyclical, sorry, but once the cyclical um, happens, you know, with this ends, you know, in the apparent story, it's just seen as just as a happening. It's just seen as a, uh, an apparent happening with no one in it. And it's just arising. So that, that idea of power or belief structures or codependency or that authority figure drops. So it becomes kind of like an anarchist, like a rebel, but for no one. It's not rebelling at anything. It's just, it's just um, this anarchy. There's no structures anymore. The belief systems have fallen. And then unraveling of anything that comes into a landing. So there's no landing. It's a free falling. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, let's see if any other questions arise. Um, coming up empty-handed here at this point. <laughs> it's it's hard to ask questions. I, I find that too when, when interviewing, especially when I started interviewing, I didn't really have any questions. So I was just really pulling questions from seekers. I didn't know how to, to um, because the, the, the communication is so clear that it lead, leaves um, um, nothing to be unanswered because it's, it, it always comes back into a um, positionless nest. There's no position here and there's an unknowing. I was interviewing, I'll share, I'll share a story. I was interviewing a big, you know, big, big teacher, that really, really famous teacher that talks about um, awareness and in 45 minutes into the interview, it just kept on, it, was, it felt like it was two different languaging that was happening. And the question that I kept asking was, who's abiding in awareness? What is prior to awareness? And this teacher would, would say this elegant words and really long pauses and really beautiful oration of something that is just so, and I would ask the question again. I'm like, but that didn't really answer the question. And we'll, we'll come up and then, so 45 minutes into the interview, I said, I don't think I should be interviewing you. You know, it, it's, uh, and he said, yeah, yeah. He goes, you're not understanding my concept. I'm like, actually it's the opposite. I, I'm, I'm understanding what, what you're talking about, but you keep on answering something that is very um, um, dualistic. So we agreed to stop the, the, the interview and, and maybe ask, you know, another person to do the interview. Because um, this communication is just so complete and radical, and it doesn't go, not complete, not complete. It's so um, free-flowing, coming from nowhere, but no destination. It's not arriving at anything. Because the me wants, the me wants a point A or point B. 
and this keeps on repeating that this is unknowable. It's undeniable, but it's unknowable. It's this, but this is a mystery. And it's confusing to a lot of, it's so clear that it's confusing. It's so simple that it's so complicated. It's already simple. Yeah, that's lovely. Maybe that's a good way to end this conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I greatly appreciate it. It's been great getting to know you. And um, yeah, I, I will continue to watch all these different interviews and participate in the online retreats. And the website again is nonduality.live. Is that correct? That's right. Nonduality.live. Um, people can. Um, uh, we have weekly meetings with Neil Denham, with uh, Rachel Sylvester coming up soon, Naho, much, many, many more speakers. We have regular um, retreats or online um, events. Um, I didn't even, I don't even know what, why I'm doing this. It's just happening. It's just passion coming out. And it's just, uh, there was a, yeah, it's just aliveness and passion coming from nowhere. Right. I hear you. I resonate. Well, beautiful. Thanks and great talking to you. And I look forward to chatting again sometime. Thank you, Trey. Thank you so much.